Big news for the Chiefs unfolded this week when they claimed veteran linebacker Terrell Suggs off the waiver wire. Suggs is a seven-time Pro Bowl selection and a Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. For the Chiefs, he'll be used at defensive end where the team has a need after the season-ending pectoral injury to Alex Okafor last weekend. Suggs met with reporters on Wednesday and so did quarterback Patrick Mahomes. You'll hear from both of them on Sportsbeat KC presented by Big O Tires, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, December 18th, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. After a break, KU beat writer Jesse Newell stops by to discuss the nation's new number one ranked team. The Jayhawks rose to the top this week and will put that ranking on the line Saturday when Kansas visits Villanova. Jesse talks about what's gone right for KU since the season opening loss to Duke. But first, here's the newest chief, Terrell Suggs, on what he likes about being in Kansas City. One thing Suggs likes and will be noticeable to you right off the bat is the camaraderie in the locker room. Often, a basketball game breaks out there, and on Wednesday, the biggest trash talkers were lineman Chris Jones and Colin Saunders. They're the ones making most of the shots and the background noise. I've been feeling that welcome since I got here, so thank you. I believe it. What made you want to be here after talking to Coach and seeing the vision for this team? Well, you know, it's hard to turn down the reigning MVP, you know, and a, a playoff team. And, you know, just the exciting things that they're doing, this atmosphere. It was kind of hard to turn down. You know, I was really uncertain about, uh, you know, my future last week. But and it was just like, with a coach, uh, I talked to coach, and, you know, just a brief, brief conversation. And I was like, okay, okay, well, let's see. Is coach the only one you talked to? Uh, I talked to coach, I talked to Spags, uh, uh, talked to the GM, you know, and uh, it was all really good, really good conversation. What was your and, uh, relationship like with Spags so, back in Baltimore? Oh, it was really good. You know, I've always used to give him a hard time. You know, it was a DB's coach, and, you know, he's pretty knuckleheaded, hard-headed. So, you know, it's, it, it, it was always a good, fun atmosphere, and it, it's good, you know, now I, I get to play for him as a, him, him being a D.C. Two games left in the season and then the postseason. How much do you feel you can come in and contribute right off the bat? Um... I think I come in and contribute right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is the team that was, you know, what, a penalty away from the Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, you're not really missing much, you know what I mean? But hopefully I can add that extra addition that we can, you know, kind of potentially do something special. What have you done? What did Andy and, and Stags and some of the others tell you sort of made you feel like this is going to be the right place for you? Well, you, you could see we got a 21, you know, basketball game going on behind you, so that's definitely my kind of atmosphere. You know, I asked Coach, I was like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, we just learned the hard way that, you know, you don't, you just can't, a player like me just don't fit in anywhere. And he was like, you know, Andy, you know, Coach Reed, excuse me, he got on his head, trust me, said, you will fit in here. And, uh, you know, I took him out of word, and, and it's been pretty pretty exciting, been pretty fun since I got here. How much is different from, I know you have familiarity with Spags, but how much is different from what you knew a few years ago to what you look at the playbook now? Um, well, of course, you know, you always want to, you know, um, get your football IQ higher. You know what I'm saying? You know, Spags, he's definitely a ball. He's been a head coach. He's been a 
you know, defensive coordinator before. I'm not sure that anymore, you know, he can learn, you know what I'm saying? But he's, he's been doing a good job just evolving the defense, kind of involving, you know, how players play and, and how to do certain calls. So, you know, that that right there, you know what I mean, that, that can help a guy in the 17th year. One of the things that, one of the things that Andy talked about was you're a meticulous note-taker. You take this very seriously. And Patrick, we just talked to him. He said they remember to play last year in the game here where he expected you to be somewhere else and you were where he didn't want you to be. Just we talk talk about your study habits a little bit and how how much you have to do that kind of stuff to stay in the game this long. Well, you know, I I, I like to think that you know my mentors I've had the highest of education and one thing I've always noted they were always you know writing stuff down, taking notes, and then, you know when you can get the game to slow down for you for you you can play a lot faster. So you always want to get yourself an edge, want to help your team win, and um, that's pretty much going to preparation. You know what I mean? You don't want to lose games in it you know, failing to prepare. So you want to kind of be prepared for anything that comes your way. So, you know, I always took notes, you know what I mean, watch excessive amount of film. So, you know, I just, it's building to the kind of player I am. It's a lot of players in one. Last one. Looking at what you did in Arizona, playing over 70% of the snaps so far this season. Oh, at 37 years old, just what do you want fans to know about what you're bringing to this defense right now? Um, <laughs> I'm going to play my heart out for you, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's going to be new for all of us, but it's going to be fun. And that you're getting a player that is going to leave it all out there. Do you expect to play Sunday? I hope so. I'm planning on it. That was Terrell Suggs. Here's Patrick Mahomes, who was asked right off the bat about the Chiefs signing of their new defensive end. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, having a veteran who's had a ton of experience in the playoffs and then and making these runs at our, what our ultimate goal is, I mean, it's going to help out. I mean, he's someone who's still playing at a very high level. Uh, I remember last year, him, him and his, you could tell by his film study of him knowing when I'm making checks. And then obviously, he's talented to still be around and making sacks and doing that, those type of things. So I think it's going to help, uh, help us out tremendously. What was your reaction when you heard the news that he was coming here? Yeah, I was, I was very excited. I mean, just to add someone like that at this point of the season that you know is going to come in and produce, uh, I mean, I was very excited to, to have that. And obviously with playing him last year, I understand uh, how tough of a matchup he is to uh, play against. Yeah, what thing specific from that game that you remember about him? Yeah, I remember there was one time where they were, they were blitzing kind of away from him, and I knew he was dropping, but I was trying to check into a different play. And I don't know if, if he, he had seen it from weeks before, but I went to throw the ball, and he was right where I wanted to throw the ball and that just shows with the film study and the preparation that he puts in that he understands the game and he, and he has the experience to know how to disrupt what quarterbacks want to do. How much are you guys as just teammates going to try to support him to get him as quickly up to speed as possible and what's that like for you watching the last two seasons of guys come in during the middle of the season and how you try to get them to where you want them to be on Sunday? Yeah, I think the coaches do a great job of uh, preparing those guys and putting them in the situations where they can go out and produce. And so I think as you, he, he gets more and more reps and he, and he gets more and more time here, you'll, you'll see him being incorporated more and more in the games. And uh, I, he understands so much already. And he, I'm sure he's been in s- certain schemes and, and switch schemes and done different things that he'll be able to pick up the plays fast and understand what they need to do as, uh, and what, what his role is uh, as far as each every play goes. And so I'm excited just to see him getting incorporated more and more as we – make a run at this thing. Patrick, you talked about your, your pocket awareness. 
this after Sunday's game. Can you elaborate a little bit on what went into the past couple of weeks trying trying to improve in that area? Yeah, I think just, just working on as form and mechanics as far as keeping my knees bent and doing those things and then hitching up and, and really throwing it the right way and not just relying on my arm on every single throw to throw a fadeaway up up or whatever it is and really just do, going through the fundamentals. And uh, that's stuff that I've worked on my entire career and I'm going to try to keep working on it moving forward. Is that something that because you're able to make those other throws, is that why you think you're getting those habits? Yeah, I think it just goes with the season. I mean, as the seasons go on, I mean, they, they are long football seasons and I think as you're your legs get tired and you start relying more on other things that you kind of compensate and do different things that you don't do uh, when that, whenever you're working and training. And so I, I, make, I just kind of went back and looked at it and then really focused on this last week of just making sure that I was using my legs and doing those things. When you reviewed Sunday's film, did you feel like this was one of the better games you had played maybe all season as far as complete? Yeah, I, yeah, I, th I thought I did a good job of just of taking what was there, and then whenever the shots presented it, presented itself, I, I went with them. Obviously, I, I wanted to be better. I thought I could have done a little bit better in the second half of moving the ball, and then in the red zone, I think it was a big thing of not coming away with touchdowns. And 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 there was times where I think I missed Tyreek on the shallow, and I kind of went right past him, and then I was late to him. And and then when you get in in the red zone, you want to make sure you come out with touchdowns, and not field goals. For your rookie season, what do you remember about Matt Nagy and what he meant to your development? Yeah, I mean, obviously he was an, an awesome, awesome coach, and he, he helped me out a ton of helping explain things to me as I was coming from a totally different offense to this one. And he really helped me with just presenting it in ways that I understood and was able to pick it up so I could go out there and have success whenever I was in practice or in preseason games or in the last game of the, of the, the regular season. And, uh, I mean, he's all, all, a great human being but also a great coach, and he really understands how to get the best out of his quarterback. How much your reaction to the – Pro Bowl news for yourself and teammates that did and maybe yeah, I mean, obviously it's a tremendous honor uh, to be voted on by fans and, and teammates and, and then coaches and other players from around the league and, and getting this honor. But, uh, I mean, that's not our ultimate goal, uh, but but it is a tremendous a tremendous honor to, to be voted in there. Patrick, we're on a countdown for uh, another timeline, week from Christmas. Learning this will be your third Christmas in Kansas City. What are you looking forward to? Anything special planned? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll I'll probably uh, spend it spend it with the family as much as I, I can, but it's on a Wednesday, which is kind of a, a rough day. You still have to be out here and practice and prepare yourself. Uh, but uh, definitely going to enjoy as much as I can with the family and uh, try to spend some time with them. Do you have a lot of family coming in? I, I don't this year. I did last year, uh, but th with this year and how the schedule worked out, I think they're going to come in right after, and I'll be able to spend some time with them on that Friday. And do you, we asked Coach Reed, what was his standout gift? Is there something that – jumps to your mind from Christmas's past that you remember? I think the biggest one I, I, that I remember getting was uh, a basketball goal. And so Santa brought me that. And I was able to go out and play play basketball with, uh, with all the neighbors and all that different stuff. And I, I remember that I ended up actually breaking the goal about a year later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was doing like half court shots. And I was like throwing them with like the full baseball form. And it, it shattered the glass. <laughs> Patrick, the Bears are eliminated from the playoffs at this point. They have a very good defense. So what sort of motivation or what sort of a motivated team do you think you'll see Sunday night when you face them? Yeah, any any night you play on Sunday night football, I mean teams are going to be motivated and, and want and wanting to play their best football. And like you said, they have a really good football team. Uh, obviously, their season hasn't went the way they wanted to, but you saw them last year, and they still have those same players. They they have a very talented team and a very talented defense, and so we expect them to be energized and ready to play. And so we're going to go out there with the mentality of uh, getting to play a really good football team in, in a really good atmosphere. On that Pro Bowl stuff, it's the three quarterbacks in the AFC: it's you and Lamar and, and Sean, young guys, right? Mm -hmm. 22, 24 years old. 
Just what do you think about that group? You know these guys a little bit. You competed against them. Is it kind of you know that you feel like you guys are taking over the AFC? The NFC guys are a little bit older in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I don't know about taking over the AFC. I mean, I mean Brady's still here, so I mean it's uh, it's about uh, just just going out there and, and producing whenever we get your opportunities. And those guys work work hard. I've I've seen them. They've had success at every level they've been at. And uh, I mean we we just go out there and and do what we can to to win. And uh, this year uh, we were lucky enough to be voted in, uh, but it, it, it's still, uh, still a long way to go until you take over the AFC or do anything like that. You and, you and Mitch are always going to be linked to the 2017 draft class. Going through that process, you get to know him much. You know what you're gonna learn about him going through that. Yeah, I got I got to you're on all those visits and you get to meet him and do that. And he's a great guy, uh, someone that I know works super hard and and has had success and kind of the same thing everywhere he's been. He's kind of been able to go out there and win football games. And so uh, I've got to meet him a couple of times now. I saw him at the Pro Bowl last year, and uh, I, I know that he he's he's had a lot of success and he's still building to have a great future. A couple more guys. I haven't talked to him this season, and uh, but I'm sure I will in the off season. And you kind of go. With, with guys like that, and try to really, uh, <laughs> you, you try to go with you try to go with guys like that, and really understand what they're thinking, and try to get better uh, together. Going off of Matt's questions, uh, you've had to wait a while since the schedule came out in April. But was there a part of you that really was eager and circled this sort of game on the calendar, knowing Matt Nagy, understanding Mitch from the draft? and understanding that it was probably going to be on Sunday Night Football. How much have you looked forward to this particular game? Yeah, I mean, when you get to play great opponents and, and, and great atmospheres on Sunday Night Football, it, you do you are ready to play games like that. And so, uh, obviously, you want to get bragging rights with Nagy and Mitch and all these guys uh, to kind of joke around with. But uh, we understand that they're a great team and that we're going to have a, a, a great uh, chance to play a great opponent in a, a great atmosphere. The biggest sale of the year is happening now at Big O Tires. Buy two tires, get two free on select tires in stock. That's two free tires when you buy an alignment and tire protection package. That's 50% off tires at Big O Tires. It's going on now, but it all ends soon. Buy two tires, get two free at all participating Big O Tires. Installation additional, plus shop fee of up to 10% of non-discounted retail price, not to exceed $35. Hurry, sale ends Monday, December 23rd. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Jesse, how you doing? Doing good, Blair. How about yourself? Doing okay. You got a big game on Saturday the probably the the game of the day in college basketball, KU at Villanova. Uh, th- these guys they they've had a nice little series, haven't they? Uh, in the regular season and they they find each other in the postseason. Yeah, they absolutely do, and it is sort of a fascinating clash here. And when these teams signed up for a home and home, I thought it was um, pretty interesting for both for, for both schools to do that, just because you've seen kind of both of these coaches have success in sort of different ways, and you've also seen. 
a Villanova team offensively, what they do, it sort of matches up against uh, what has been a, a, a weakness for KU basketball, which is trying to defend the arc. And so that storyline will kind of continue into this year. We saw bombs away in 2018 where Villanova just hit three after three after three. And then last year they did a little bit of that in Allen Fieldhouse. Bill Self made some adjustments defensively, and KU was able to come away with a nice win with LeGerald Vick sort of going wild down the stretch with making crazy shot after crazy shot. So this has been a good series. And again, two coaches I think that very much respect each other. But for this particular Kansas team, now number one, going to its first road game. Uh, this should be very interesting and a good test for the Jayhawks. It is the first road, true road game of, of the season for KU. I noticed that the Jayhawks were one of a handful of teams. I was looking at the net. The, the, the mm-hmm. first net rankings were released this week, and you get uh, you know records in all sorts of um, c- circumstances, including road and Kansas, of course, 0-0 zero and zero on the road. But a handful of other schools uh, have not played a road game as well. So it, this is the first of two straight uh, road games for KU. They'll close out their non-conference schedule with Villanova, and then a week later, Stanford, I believe, is that at Palo Alto? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, Stanford, do you want to talk about the net rankings? I think Stanford's ninth in those, which I think goes to show you that um, this is a team that maybe has overachieved about as much as any team in the nation. What the net doesn't do compared to maybe the Ken Palms of the world out there, just for the people that don't know, is the net only takes numbers based off of this year. So kind of what keeps uh, Stanford at like 50 in Ken Palm is basically Ken Palm will look at last year for you and they don't want to overreact to just a few games sample. But the net says, hey, we'll just look at what you did this year and compare that and compare it to every other team. And that shows you how well that Jared Hass's crew has been playing down there at Stanford. So you mentioned it. KU hasn't played a road game yet, but uh, here I can count it up. One, two, three, four, five. Five of their next seven games are on the road. So this will be a road-tested team here very quickly. And Bill Self's team is not... Um, taking it easy on the finish line to get to the Big 12 season, playing at Villanova and at Stanford right before you play home against West Virginia and at Iowa State. Uh, that's definitely ramping up for the, the real part of the schedule here. All right, Jesse, what, what's gotten KU to number one? What what has gone well for these Jayhawks since the opening night loss to Duke? Nine-game winning streak. You know, <laughs> it's weird to say this, but I kind of wrote about this at, at Sprint Center a little bit after their last win over uh, it was UMKC this past Saturday, but it's it's difficult to say this about a team that has five level one violations levied against them right before the season started and that has this NCAA cloud kind of hanging over the top of them. But I, there's been very little drama on this team. To be completely honest with you, I think Bill Self is very happy. And you remember last year, and again, I, I was not in the locker room. It was hard to tell, but you could kind of just sense some. We talked previously about LeGerald Vick, what was happening with him and Quentin Grimes, what was happening with him, and Charlie Moore, what was happening with him. It just seemed like there was kind of storyline, storyline, and then you had the notice of allegations and the stuff on top of that to add on to it, and the team that did not continue the streak. It just seemed like there was a lot more, I, I don't know what to call it, internal drama or, um, you, you know. At least some static. Static. Just... Whatever the case may be, they're just, it seemed like any time that the team started to take a couple of steps forward, you'd take a step back, and then they dismissed LeGerald for good, or, or he left the team for good. There was just a lot of things happening. And for this Kansas team, it's been, again, I think if you're Bill Self, you knock on wood a little bit, but it's sort of been smooth sailing. You know, this team seems to have a lot of players that are becoming more unselfish over the time. Um, they're becoming like Bill Self's best teams, and that they're very much fitting into roles and thinking unselfish thoughts. And... You have guys that are kind of just doing what they can do, 
and then not trying to do what they can't do. And, and you have some perfect example. I mean, Marcus Garrett, he improved his offense a little bit. He's making some threes. He's getting some drives to go, but he's continued to be the great defender he is. Isaiah Moss, he's not coming in and trying to score 30 points a game. He's just shooting open threes and trying to play defense. And even, you know, guys like Udo Gazabuki, we saw him with four assists the last game, and he's trying to find David McCormick and get him open. So I think you've seen this over time with Bill Self teams. It's really hard sometimes when you have really talented players to get them to buy into the team concept and what Bill Self calls uh, the pie is big enough for everybody if it wins. And it seems like this team in a very early stage has sort of bought into that. So you see them playing good defense. You see them being unselfish offensively. And it just seems like every single game, this team continually gets gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And ever since that Duke game, it just seems like a team that has very little drama. And that is uh, not what has happened to a lot of those other teams out there. Uh, the big name teams that have lost to Evansville at home or, uh, you know, Stephen F. Austin at home. Wofford at, at home. Wofford just- at Minnesota. I mean, all these other big name schools, it seems like just some, something has kind of gone wrong. And there's been a, a chink in the armor for, for Kansas. It just has kind of been a gradual improvement over time and just not really many storylines to pick at for this team just because they all seem to get along. You mentioned David McCormick just a moment ago. He was the the revelation in their previous game at Sprint Center against uh, Kansas City. Um, look, it, it consider the opponent uh, mid two fifty mid mid two hundreds in terms of uh, Ken Palm, but the ability for the ability for McCormick to step out and hit the free throw line extended jumper. He's a good free throw shooter, by the way. But the, for him to hit that jumper, that that that's what that's what Bill Self had in mind. Did he not when he thought about playing Udoka and McCormick together? Yeah, it is. Because it's a matchup. When he hits that shot, that's a big matchup problem for, for teams. It is. It allows Kansas to do a lot more with the two-big lineup uh, than previously could before. And you also have to give credit to Udoka Azubuki, who was finding him on some of those rim cuts because Udoka was getting double-teamed. He remained patient, turned around, found David McCormick, got him a couple easy baskets. But it's, it's sort of fascinating with David because – so much of what Bill Self does is he tries to get his big men angles. And when we talk about getting big men angles for Kansas, that means kind of throwing it over the top. Uh, Bill Self always preaches to aim to the corner of the backboard. Have the big man go up and get it, and when he catches it, there's nobody between him and the basket. So you're basically getting your big man a dunk or a layup. And what we see from that is, okay, Yudoka Azubuki is a master at angles. I mean, he's shooting 83%. So a lot of his shots are uncontested. How many in a row? Uh, uh, 15 in a row. 15 in a row. 15 in a row now, and he's halfway to the NCAA record. So, yeah, so so you see that with Bill Self. What's interesting to me about David McCormick is he hasn't really mastered that yet, and he isn't really the best at that, like knowing when to hit a guy, knowing exactly you know, when to get the position or how to get the position. But what he's really good at is, as you mentioned, he's he's got a pretty good 12-foot jumper, and he's, he's pretty good at when he gets the ball in the post – he can kind of do that little jump hook, maybe over a guy from about five or six feet, and that's a really good shot for him. So it's sort of, I don't want to call him like a, a throwback Bill Self player because this really isn't a Bill Self player. He kind of makes things more difficult on himself, but yet he's able to make those shots and be effective in a different way. So uh, we'll see how it fits in, but I think Bill Self, that might have been one of the biggest, uh, you mentioned revelation, the biggest revelation for him against Kansas City, or UMKC, is that um, for a long time he thought, hey, it's really difficult to play two bigs on the floor at the same time. For that game, uh, when Yudoka and when David were out there together, they seemed to kind of complement each other and fed off each other. And potentially down the line, there could be more scenarios where okay, you could play two bigs together. Right. It gives them the option, doesn't it? I mean, that's it, it gives Kansas and Bill Self the opportunity to to, to uh, match up against an opponent or make it difficult for an, an opponent to match up against them. Basic 
basically because they have the option of playing two bigs. Nobody, nobody else has that option. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is when you have face a one-and-done tournament at the end of the year, I, I always call it chameleoning yourself. You know, you, it, it's, <laughs> great. Like that. It's, like it's great to have a style you play and say, oh, this is, this is how Kansas plays every single time. But sometimes you hit a matchup and you're saying, okay, this calls for something different. And so I think Bill Self went into the season saying, this team needs to have primarily a two-big look. And I think as it's gone along, he's kind of thought, well, maybe you can just kind of be a little bit of a master at both. And that way, when you get to the tournament and there's a super big team you're playing and you want to match up with them or a guy, they have two guys on the court that can't shoot threes, you can overwhelm them on the glass. You can play two bigs. Or if a team is super tiny and they're like an Ivy League school and they want to shoot from the outside, okay, you bring Isaiah Moss in. And maybe that's not the game that David McCormick gets as many minutes. But I think for Bill Self, it's kind of nice to be a little bit bulletproof. You want to be able to have the different styles. And KU's been good enough with the X's and O's lately where they have enough plays to run for both of those styles to really uh, be a very difficult matchup either way you play. So I think this Kansas team, how it's shaped up and how Bill Self views it is that this is a team now that um, is a little bit better off than it could be just because, like you mentioned, Blair, they have different styles they can play and they can kind of cater to the opponent if the particular matchup calls for it. All right, so some truth in advertising. We're recording this too early to ask Jesse uh, about his lean in this game. But I, want, I will ask you this, Jesse. You, you predict every game, and you, you, pre- you predict it against the spread. Yes. What's your record against the spread through 10 games? <laughs> it's 8-2 against, against the spread. 8 and 2 against the spread. Which ones did you miss? Uh, I missed the BYU game. I know that one for sure. It had to have been an early one uh, after that because I said I said BYU would make their threes and they didn't make their threes. So that one. So Kansas. Actually, it was the Duke game. Uh, I said Kansas won in the Duke game. Okay. And and Duke won it by two. So right. That was, right. Those are the two. Okay. So um, so we're not going to ask you about uh, which way you're going to uh, how you'll feel about Villanova. But look, this is this is going to be a tough test for for Kansas. Uh, uh, I imagine a. Uh, uh, Wells Fargo Arena will be filled about 19,000 people. It'll be, it'll be a good atmosphere and uh, be tough for Kansas to, to win this game and to go into next week number one since that's, uh, that has been the trend in college basketball this year. Kansas is the fifth team to be ranked number one. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't, not, not in any order, but Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke, Louisville, I guess that's it, right? And Kansas is... Could have been Ohio State if they held on for that's right. you know, one more game, but they weren't able to. Right. So, um, all right. So, Jesse, um, you'll have to, well, you won't have to, Jesse, but consumers of the Kansas City Star and KansasCity.com will have to find Jesse's story in, um, you know, this later this week to find out where Jesse, who is picking at an 80% success rate uh, against the spread, uh, picks Kansas Villanova. Jesse, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it, Blair. That'll do it for another episode of Sports BKC presented by Big O Tires. Thanks for your comments. And if you like what you heard, or even if you didn't like it, let us know by leaving a rate and review. Those help. Thanks to those who had a hand in putting together today's show, Derek Donovan, Jill Toyashiba, and Randy Mason. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and on the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back tomorrow, you know we will, with another episode of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.